can we just establish right now, are you good cop or bad cop? I like to be both. I think it's best to straddle the line with you. you I see how it is. You can't be trusted with anything. You take it upon yourself. You take great strides in your life to, to find ways to frustrate me. So I figure it's it's never good to uh, characterize myself with one or the other because I don't know how you're going to be on a given day. I'm just envisioning, uh, was it Two-Face from Batman? Is that who I'm thinking yes, of? Yes, that yeah. is what you are. You are Harvey Dent. No, I thought that's what you are because you'll you'll no, flip you. flop. Oh man! Okay, sure, I'll take it. I'll take it. But I was what does that make say... you then? Does that make you the Riddler or something? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wait, why am I'll I also a villain? And you can be the Riddler. Wait, wait. Why am I a villain? Why can't I be? Wait, am I Jim Carrey Riddler or <laughs> different? You can be if you want to be. No, I want to be. Uh, what was it? Iceman or whatever uh, Arnie was, and that yeah. god awful. No, no, one. Iceman. That was his name. Mm-hmm. Was you nailed it? that one. <laughs> no, Mr. Freeze. Iceman. Mr. Freeze. No, no, it was Iceman. You got it. Big, Stop. big Iceman. That's his full name. <laughs> so you are bad cop. Uh-huh. I see how it is. This is the change oh, since gosh. we because we've changed time, right? Yeah. So we now record earlier in the day because you decided you I didn't like want this. a job anymore, and now now you get. You get fully awake, Mike. I get, I get the full operational force of Mike. Uh, I think what it just shows is, like, genu- generally when I'm awake, I'm annoyed at you. <laughs> right? I think that's... <laughs> I think this is what it's showing. Delightful. It's just, like, generally generally that's how I am. That is your, your standard state of being. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a secret. You're always annoyed. Am I right? That's a reference. All right, tell me, tell sure. me. <laughs> that's the incredible strong man. That's that character. Yeah, yeah, big, big strong man. <laughs> All right. Oh my god, this is already talking going about off the rails. big strong guys. Yeah, tell me about your ankle. So it is a sprain. Uh, I'm still in a relative amount of pain every day. Um, I can't really walk around. Uh, uh, still? I did go out yesterday. Yeah, I did go out yesterday, and I'm paying for it today. Uh, I've had an X-ray, so it's definitely well. I'm pretty confident that it's a sprain. You know, I went to the to the accident and emergency. Uh, they took an X-ray, and they confirmed there was no breakage. Uh, but the doctor did say to me, and he made a very good point. It's like it takes two to four weeks to heal a sprain, and you wasted a week of that, <laughs> which is, you know, that was the right decision, I think. So I'm into like week two or whatever. So it is getting better. But it is still painful. It's still mighty painful. So I have a long-lasting memory of my honeymoon. As I say, actually, <laughs> as I say that, I'm looking at a little uh, porcelain turtle that I uh, picked up from in Hawaii, which now lives on my desk. Hey, where's your Incredible Hulk bank? Oh, that is on uh, my windowsill, along uh. with the toilet trophy that I got uh, for coming third yep. place mm-hmm. in the Connected Live show. Mm-hmm. Do we ever discuss the Hulk on here? I thought we did. I have no idea. So uh, during my bachelor party in in Austin, um, what I like, by the way, is you called it stag do and I call it bachelor party. I, which I, I find that to be quite quite amusing. Uh, so during my bachelor stag, we <laughs> went to an arcade. Stag. We spoke about being in the arcade and uh, you could win tickets in the arcade and it, everybody decided at the end that they would pull all of their tickets together and get me a nice prize Um there was some talk about some getting me something embarrassing, but then uh, things quickly changed to having my input. Um, and then I think I was given a couple of different options that I could choose from. And uh, one of them ended up being a bust of the Incredible Hulk, which is a money bank. 
and I was told in no certain terms that this must be displayed somewhere inside a mega office, and it is. It sits on my windowsill. Perfect. You should uh, take a picture if, if if it doesn't compromise your opsec. It will compromise and... my opsec okay, horrifically if I take a picture of my window. <laughs> Fair enough. Just kidding. All right. Well, we'll put. A, I think somewhere, sometime, one of us posted a picture, and certainly we should have pictures. So one way or another, we'll put a link in the show notes to the uh, picture of of you holding the Hulk in the arcade. So we will not compromise mm-hmm. your opsec. Yeah. So I was looking at the uh, membership numbers in the sense of my revenue from membership uh, mm-hmm. to this very program, and I was doing that just a couple of weeks ago, and then. Fast forward a couple of days and I realized, oh, holy cow, this was, or we are now in August and that is membership drive month for Relay FM. So, this, you know, that like horn sound that they make, I just made that sound. Maybe <laughs> I can add that in and post, you know, maybe leave a note for me or something. Who okay. knows? But there's a, that's, that's the membership siren. The membership horn has fired. Everyone. It has fired. Well, so the funny thing about this was, is I put an entry in the show notes that. I just wanted to genuinely and truly thank everyone because the membership numbers over the last month or so, which is basically the reaction to me leaving my jobby job, the uh, membership numbers went way, way, way up. And I'm really, really, really appreciative of that because Mm -hmm. that is real people putting real money in, well, my pocket, but more importantly, saying to Mike and I that, hey, we appreciate the work that that you do. And uh, here's a a dollar or a few dollars uh, for you. And that's awesome. Membership to Just Analog has grown by 25%. Um, wow! in the last kind of 30 to 60 days. So thank you so much for that. I will thank you all on behalf of Casey. But now we get to do the thing that we do only once a year, except when Casey decides to bring it up, which is where <laughs> we ask you to become a Relay FM member. Let me run through the deets. Memberships start at $5 a month. There is also a $10 a month, or you can pay $100 a year. No matter what, show you sign up for no matter what tier you go for you get the same content um, so it's basically you choose depending on how much you want to give and who you want to give it to uh, relay fm membership content includes a monthly behind the scenes newsletter 5k desktop wallpapers of relay fm show artwork and a monthly relay fm host crossover show that Stephen has um, and the big thing is the bonus episodes feed uh, throughout august and september every single year we have special bonus episodes of a large selection of Relay FM shows. Um, and if you become a uh, member, you get access to that feed, which will include this year's specials and all of the previous year's specials as well. Um, we are going to be doing uh, Casey at the Cinema, which mm-hmm. is something we've done in the past, where we we kind of turn the tables where I pick a favorite movie of mine and have Casey watch it, and then we talk about it. And we are going to be doing Scott Pilgrim versus the World, which is one of my favorite movies, and I'm very hesitant to show it to Casey. <laughs> um, this will be publishing, I think, on August 30th. So you subscribe now, you get it, and then you, you get access to that show later on, as well as a bunch of other incredible specials that are coming your way. There's some really great stuff coming out this year. Um, so you can show your support for this show and Relay FM. You can go to relay.fm slash analog, and there's buttons right there to sign up to give us money 
directly. Or you can learn more and show your support to all of our shows or another show or whatever at relay.fm slash membership. But of course, while I'm within the walls of this show, I will say you should be giving your money directly to Analog. So go to relay.fm slash Analog and you can pick it. Um, it, I have an important note though, Casey. So Mm. this year we've done something we've not done before where we've changed the URL of the feed that we use for bonus content. Um, This is because, you know, when people stop they decide they don't want to be a member anymore. They keep the feed. So we want to try and cut that out, right? So we only have paying members that have access to the content because that's the whole idea of it. So if you're an active member, you will have gotten an email about it. Um, and there was also something posted in the feed to let you know about that. So there'll be an email which has the new feed in it. If you've previously canceled your membership um, and or you didn't get that email, you probably need to sign up again to get the new feed. So maybe your membership expired or, or something. Who knows why? I mean, obviously, nobody would steal the content, Casey. So oh, clearly not. You know, nobody would do that. If you have any problems with that, you can contact us. But go to relay.fm slash membership and find out more. And we both send uh, our most gracious thank yous to you. Of course, this show, like pretty much every show on Relay FM, is advertising-focused, which is why we don't talk about membership that much. Um, but we want to thank you all for those that, of you that do subscribe by giving you something extra. Um, so we just take this time during August mostly uh, to talk about that. Of course, it does mean that Relay FM's birthday is around the corner. Um, and when this is published, this episode, it actually will have just passed. So Relay FM turns four years old hmm. on August 18th. This is the first year that uh, I won't be in Memphis for that which oh is that's kind of sad yeah it is kind of sad it's just too much travel I, I wouldn't have been able to get out there um and keep my life together and ankle that would have been a big problem yes but we didn't know that at the time <laughs> sure. i didn't plan for this so before we before we leave the uh, membership drive section a couple of quick notes first of all uh for those who have not followed analogs long history uh, i have had very mixed experiences with edgar wright films and generally speaking, have not really loved them. However, I absolutely love Baby Driver, and that is perhaps finally gotten on board with Edgar Wright stuff. And Scott Pilgrim vs. the World is an Edgar Wright film, and I'm going to watch it as we record in the next day or two because Mike mm-hmm. and I will be recording that episode not live. Uh, we will be recording very that soon. very soon. So it's anyone's guess whether or not I'm going to like it. I have seen the movie a while ago when you did it on something. I don't remember when you did covered it, but you covered it on something, and I watched it a couple mm-hmm. of years ago. And I remember thinking it was okay. So I'm very anxious to watch it again with hopefully a better appreciation of Edgar Wright and see what I think. Um, so we will be recording that soon. It will be releasing at the end of the month. I'd also like to say, and I believe you mentioned, Mike, but I'd like to reiterate that if you get... If, you, if you're a member of any show, including this one, hint, hint, you get all of the special content for all of the shows and possibly my favorite single podcast episode every year is the member special that is the crossover between Upgrade and Cortex. Would you mm-hmm. do me a favor and describe a little bit of what happens? It's a text adventure. So, um, you know, we, we typically don't do this, the, the cross promo here on other shows, but Casey's mentioned it. So, of course, I will talk about it. Uh, <laughs> it is it is the member special that I work the most on, right? So, like, for me, it's kind of like the jewel in the crown for the content that I produce over this period of time because I spend something like 20, 25 hours on it, which is 
big, uh, but I put a lot into it because it means something to me because I like producing these. Uh, Jason becomes the Snellatron, and he guides me and Gray through a text adventure. Um, we have done a Wild West theme. We have done a kind of spooky theme. Spooky this year's is called Manor. Spooky Manor. This year's is Space Station, um, which is a step up in difficulty and occurs <laughs> on a space station. Oh, no. uh, I think it is my favorite oh. that we have done. So Mike, Mike has sent me an advanced copy of this, but I've been saving it because I think Aaron and I are going to be on a slightly longer car ride, uh, just the two of us sometime soon. And because of that, I wanted to save something to listen to. And so I have not listened to it yet. And I'm saving it for this car ride at the end of the month. And I am so excited to listen to this that, episode. That one uh, came out on August 17th. So that's that's ava- when people are listening to this, Casey, that is available to them if they become a Relay FM member. And to be clear, you can still be an analog member and also get that episode. Yep, so. yep. because it's it's a, it's all for everyone. Exactly. So anyway, we will leave this uh, long extended ad break uh, behind us. Thank you for uh, for for letting us go on a little bit about this. But we try to do it, like Mike said, only once a year. So thank you again from the bottom of my heart. I really mean it for all of the uh, m- new members over the last couple of months, and thank you for all of you who are joining as we speak. Hint, hint. Yeah. Don't forget. If you sign up, we give you some stuff, but it also means Casey can feed his children. So no pressure, you know. Don't forget that part. They're lovely, those little kids, and they need food, <laughs> so they need your money. Give us your money. dot com. Yeah, right? that's, that it. That's, that's, that's it. That's how it works. That's how it goes. So, Mike, you uh, just recently sent me seventeen gigabytes of stuff. Can you tell me about this? Yeah, I decided I need to clean out my documents folder, um, <laughs> and I figured Casey would be the best person yep. to store it for why, me. Why not? Now, wedding photos have arrived. Uh, 1,000 images is is what we were given. Uh, you were given something like 700. Yeah, something like that. Because we removed some of the ones that weren't, uh, that we didn't like or that, that were duplicates or whatever, you know. Um, this was very, very surprising to us because the package that we paid for guaranteed at least 200. So we thought we were going to get 200. And then they started arriving, and we got to like 250, and we weren't Ooh. even at the venue. And I was like, ah, okay. <laughs> I think this is going to be something. So yeah, we have a 1,000 images. Um, I posted a selection of my favorites uh, to my Instagram. Uh, of course, I have more favorites than this, but these were the ones that I wanted to publish, right? Because I didn't really want to publish... Too many with uh, family and stuff, like very clearly in the images, just because I kind of just wanted to keep that. Anyone that's listened to the show, right, knows that that was a thing that I cared about the whole way through this is I kind of wanted to not have to give people the feeling that coming to our wedding meant that their faces and every all their emotions were going to be shown to the world on that day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. So I was pretty careful in the ones that I chose, but I think I... I, I did choose from my very favorites. Like all of the images that we did choose are very, very high in my favorite images of the entire day. Um, so yeah, they're they're up there on Instagram. Um, people seem very excited about them on Instagram. So thank you for everybody that does that. Casey, I just uh, recently signed up for uh, an Instagram business account, mm-hmm. which is... A very interesting thing. This is at you get, your iMic account or some or a different account? Yeah, I've I converted it to a business. Oh, account. actually tell me about this, because I see this constantly and I've always wanted to try it. I've never done it. So what does that entail? It's really interesting. So one thing you have to do is you have to attach it to a Facebook page. 
So I just mm-hmm. created some Facebook page which has no information on it. Um, you know, so I di- I did that. Uh, but now you get all of this like they call it insights, but it tells you like how many people have actually seen the image. Oh, interesting. And how many times it's been shown. So like you get uh, accounts that were reached and then impressions. So like the impressions on this one is really really high because there's ten images, right? So it's got a mm, bunch of impressions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You find out how many people visited your profile, how many people clicked on like your website because of going to that image. It, it's really interesting. Um, I kind of did it. The reason I did it is because uh, when you do this, if you have over ten thousand Instagram followers, which which I do, uh, you, do you really? That's <laughs> twice as many as I have. My word. Yep. Uh, hashtag brand. It's, it's Pan Addict, man. It's Pan Addict. People, it's, that's a big Instagram community. Um, but when you do that, you get the ability in your Instagram stories to add links. Oh, that I'm was so why jealous. I did the whole thing. Uh, I don't know what I'm gonna, what I would ever really use it for, but I knew that once you hit ten thousand, you could do that. So I decided to just go for it. But the, but it is pretty interesting to see the statistics, like to see how many people are seeing your images compared to how many people like them. And another wild thing, it shows you the best days and times to post based upon when your followers are active. Hmm. Interesting. It's really interesting. Now, I don't really care about managing things to that level because I'm not a brand. But something like this, I did pay attention to that because I figured people want to see this kind of thing, right? Like the uh, all of the pictures of the wedding... They've gotten a lot of likes and they've gotten a lot of comments because this is something people want to see. And I know that, right? Like, if you follow me on Instagram, you're probably following me because you have some desire to just see what's happening in my life, which I think is awesome. That's how I run my Instagram. Like, I I mostly, I don't put too many pictures on it. I like to just, like, put pictures of things that I like these days. Like, I, I don't really post as much to Instagram as I used to. And that's mostly because I'm really trying to just, like, be chill with it. Especially over the last few months. Like, basically, since WWDC, I've decided that I would only post things that I thought people really wanted to see. So it was like wedding and honeymoon related content. Because that, for just for some reason, that just made sense to me. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so it's, you know, it, but it is just kind of interesting to see that, that those statistics. But that's not what we're talking about here. But that's a slight aside about Instagram business profiles. You get, you get weird stats. I w- would recommend if you are a statsy person which I know you are, you should try it. But anyway, what I wanted to talk about with these images is one of the photos in the carousel, um, which is a moment during the ceremony where I am very, very clearly crying, right? Mm-hmm. I went back and forth on this a lot. Um, I love the photo. There are like five or six of them uh, because I cried quite a bit but also there was like a few moments where this is when Adina is reading her vows to me and she says some really amazing stuff and I start crying and our photographer grabs a few images of me crying bravo by the way you know what I'm like it's Mm -hmm. like yeah of course Mm -hmm. you gotta get it you gotta get the emotions and uh I kind of went back and forth on it a bit because it's like, well, is this the kind of thing I want to show everyone? You know, like, do I want to show people? Because it's a very raw emotional moment, right? Like, that is like the rawest emotion I have ever felt. Because, you know, you, you maybe don't want to cry in front of 100 people, 
right? Like, I think most people prefer to cry with smaller groups of people around them, unless you're an actor, right? You know, like, yeah. I don't, I, I think crying is very healthy. Like, I have no problem with crying, you know, and, and I have a cry, happy and sad crying. I think it's a very useful thing for people to let out their emotions. But typically, you like to do it on your own or with a small group of people, right? Because <laughs> it is it is a very raw thing to do. Um, but I decided that I would cry. Well, okay, I cried in front of a bunch of people. There's nothing I could do about it. But then I decided to share the photo. I kind of just, the way that I landed on this was I want people to know how it made me feel because nothing to me shows my emotion on that day than that image, yeah. Um, like everything else is is like candid we we wanted candid photos there are a few like stage photos or whatever and you see that i'm happy you know you see that i'm doing stuff or whatever but th- those series of images they show me really crying and i like them i think they look really good they show my emotion they show how much they meant to me so i decided to include it and from the comments that i've seen People seem to really appreciate that image, which I'm very happy about. So that was just a little thing that I wanted to share, just kind of like to go through my thinking of why I would share something so pers- like so private. But uh, I feel like I share a lot of private things about myself in many places. I don't share everything, but I share lots of things. And uh, this one, it felt right to me. So there you go. Yeah, I think you did the right thing. And when you sent all of these pictures to everyone, I went through them and I, you know, saved maybe 150 of them that I thought, well, basically any time that Aaron and I appeared, I, I kept them. And then there were a bunch that I kept just because I either thought they were important for the story of the day or I, I thought that they were just great pictures. And I don't remember specifically which one I kept, but I absolutely kept one of these of you being choked up at the altar because it was so darn good. And it is such a wonderful snapshot and i don't i hate to use that word given the context but it was such a wonderful snapshot (laughs) of the moment and certainly it was funny for me because aaron and i talked about it i think it was maybe on the way to this the reception or something but at some point she said to me in so many words and she was much much kinder than than the retelling i'm about to give you but she basically said you were a snotty sniveling disaster that entire wedding what the hell's wrong with you and it was because you know the last few weddings we've been to you know one or both of us has been in the party like the the most recent one i can think of before yours uh, I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody and I'm sorry, but the most recent one I can think of is is my young, immediate younger brothers where I was you know, up on stage on the altar, whatever with him. And so it it's in my eyes, it's more important to be composed when you're up there and not the groom because you don't want to see some, you know, you know, snotty sniveling fool uh, a couple, you know, a couple of feet away from the groom. And in this particular wedding. Yeah, I was with almost exclusively friends. I mean, obviously, there were tons of people I didn't know, but it felt a lot more like a friends mm. gathering than than any other wedding I've ever been to and it was you know obviously one of my best friends in the whole wide world and I didn't have the pressure of keeping it locked up and so I think we talked about this uh, when we talked about the wedding but I was just on the verge of bawling the entire time <laughs> there is this weird thing where I, I I know this sounds kind of strange but I think I would have cried more if I was attending my wedding rather than being in it yeah, you know, I, I agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. I barely cried at my wedding. I think I did a smidge. I I did, but I, I, I didn't cry as much as I thought I was going to yeah. because I had a job to do. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, and I was focused 
on saying the words, you know, like there were a lot of emotions going on in that moment. And it isn't just that, like, that really raw kind of incredible happiness that makes you cry, which yep. is my favorite type of crying, by the way. That's, I cry more for happy stuff than sad stuff. I, I actually typically don't really cry for sad things anymore. I, I, I'm much more, I, I still feel the sadness, but it, it takes a lot. Um, I'm more likely to cry for happy stuff these days, which I, I like. Kind of <laughs> that was me. And actually, in this picture, you can't see me, but I, I was within the frame of the picture. You just can't see me in the in the shot. I think they call that bokeh. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and so anyways, I was crying on and off that entire wedding. And at one point, and we probably discussed this, I like had a sniffle or a cough or something like that that I think reverberated <laughs> through the entire church. Yeah, it was something along those lines. <laughs> Because I thought I had locked it up, and I did not. And, that was oh, mine. I, I, I remember making one of those noises. I made that exact noise like, yep. at yeah. one point, which was uh, that that was when I made that noise. I heard other people, which was kind of funny to me. Like I remember that. It's like I made the sound, and then I could hear other people doing it. It was probably my mum and you. <laughs> so yeah, if you want to yes. see some photos uh, of of the best day of my entire life. Uh, there'll be a link in the show notes to the little collection on Instagram. I would also recommend following Adina too. She is also going to be sharing her selection and has not done that yet because she takes an incredibly long time to put photos on her Instagram. Like <laughs> hours, hours. It is a multiple hour process. Really? I'm not I'm seriously not kidding. For her to like she will like go through everything and like she looks at all of them and she picks the order of them and she like really carefully edits them. It takes so long. So uh that hasn't been done yet. I believe she began the process yesterday. I would be interested to see if by in like the multiple days that it takes us to get this episode out if she's actually done it yet so <laughs> i should also point you to we'll put a link in the show notes uh, jason snell uh last last night or earlier today put up a picture a really great picture of the two of us that i really like of jason and me uh when we were standing outside uh having i think i was drinking a diet coke at the time but he was having a beer and uh it's a really great candid shot of the two of us that i really really love so Definitely check it out, but um, but yeah, the the photos were great. I was very, very, very glad you shared the entirety of them with all of us and let well, us choose what we large, wanted to keep. Right. Well, you know what I mean. Like, I mean, mm -hmm. sure, there were some that you called, as you said, but I mean, effectively, you shared all of them, and and I'm glad that you did because that gave all of us, or at least me anyway, the opportunity to take the ones I wanted, even if they didn't have me in them. You know, like I could have, I I wouldn't have faulted you if you just. It would have taken forever, but if you had just you know gone through and said, "Okay, Casey, here's the pictures that have you or Aaron," you know that's that's what you get, and I wouldn't have blamed you for it. But I was glad to have the ability to just take the ones I want because again, some of them don't have us at all. But I just thought they were great pictures. Yeah, from I the know day. that whenever I see big like 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 conferences or whatever that have a photographer and they post the pictures, I will very frequently save images of my friends. Right? That, like, yeah. That don't I'm not in them, but I just like the photo like of you. So I save it. Yeah. Um, I very frequently will do that. So yep. that's why we did it. Exactly. All right. Today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at Pingdom, the company who make website performance management monitoring really super easy. Everyone loves a fast website, and Pingdom are helping to keep your favorite sites online. Netflix, Amazon, Spotify, Twitter, BuzzFeed, Slack. These are just a few companies that trust Pingdom to take care of their website monitoring. 
Websites can get really complicated, but you can monitor any site transaction with Pingdom, stuff like user registrations and logins, checkouts, and so much more. Pingdom care about your users having the smoothest site experience possible, and if a disaster strikes, they want you to be the first to know. Super easy to get started. All Pingdom needs is the URL that you want to monitor, and they take care of everything else. Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now, and you can get a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. When you sign up, use the code ANALOG at checkout, and you'll get a huge 30% off your first invoice. So thank you so much to Pingdom for their support of this show and Relay FM. That is pingdom.com slash Relay FM and then the code analog when you sign up. So, all right. You ready? Going to buckle in for this one? Yeah, I'm in a really good mood. Let's ruin it. All right. So there's been a lot of hubbub about Twitter recently. As there always is. Website and service that we have spent an inordinate amount of time talking about on this show over its history. <laughs> um, because it's something which is central to our lives. You know, like we both use it every single day um, and have done for 10 years or whatever. However, the most recent situation is focused around Alex Jones and InfoWars. Uh, I will point people to episode 286 of the Accidental Pie podcast, <laughs> where they talk uh, at length about the kind of the hubbub and uh, and so they kind of talk about the fact that InfoWars was taken away from a bunch of, and their podcasts were taken from a bunch of different services, including Apple Podcasts and YouTube and Spotify and stuff like that, but not from Twitter. And it doesn't look like that uh, the Alex Jones or InfoWars accounts are going to be taken down. Um, Twitter seemed to have made a bunch of statements on that. And this has led to... Many people either leaving Twitter or proclaiming that they will or proclaiming that they think they will. Turns out I have an issue saying the word proclaiming, I just realized. Um, Or that people are talking about leaving to go somewhere else. Um, So I want to talk about that. I want to talk about how we feel, like about stick and put, where would we go, why would we go. But before we do get into that, because I think that we're going to have an interesting debate on this. Um, I want to state for the record that we both believe that Twitter's leadership is spineless. They should have done what's right. They didn't. It's too late now. It doesn't matter what they do. It's too late. Um, and they should have taken the opportunity to be with everybody else, but they decided not to. They've made many decisions like this in the past. It seems like that they have are trying to say that they're changing things, but I believe absolutely nothing until, you know, actions speak louder than words, I'll say on that matter. So again, I know we've mentioned a lot on this episode and i apologize i know how frustrating it is to hear that we record in advance but we do and as of our recording on august the 14th this is the situation right that twitter has not acted they've they've just said a bunch of garbage so this combined with just like many 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 things including just general harassment and just a general change in mood on the service has led to people thinking about if they want to stick around anymore so I will ask you first, are you going to leave Twitter? Not considering it, like this is just a straight up question. We're going to get into the consideration part. Are you going to leave the service? So I want to tell you yes, but I don't think I will. Okay. Why? Well, so let me let me ask you the same question first, because I think I will go on for about 45 minutes discussing the why. So let's get the quick and dirty answers out first, then we can start analyzing the motivation. So do you, do you plan on leaving Twitter? I have no plans right now to leave Twitter. Okay. So as I watch this go on, it's been in the midst of me having another phase of, is Twitter really healthy? <laughs> it's special, well, healthy for me, I should say. 
Uh, I spend too much of my time on Twitter. I'll be the first to tell you. Um, and Twitter is a very weird place, thing, service, whatever, because I get a fair bit of joy out of Twitter, but I also get a tremendous amount of sadness from Twitter. Now, that can be in the form of just hearing about sad news, and I associate that with Twitter. You know, oftentimes Twitter is the first time I hear news of any sort. So if there's yet another school shooting in America, for example, then typically the first place I'll hear about that is Twitter. And so to some degree, I think I associate that sort of thing with with, with Twitter, even though in, in it ultimately has nothing to do with Twitter. But I also get a lot of grumbly tweets from people. I get a lot of snark from people, which, you know, obviously there's good snark and bad snark in, um, in this context, talking about bad snark. Um, I see people getting mistreated uh, as we record, uh, Federico Vitici, who is a dear friend of both of us, um, has been dealing with some really, really awful, heinous things on Twitter lately, which is really terrible because Federico is like one of the nicest people in the world. And, and I don't think ever really poops on anyone's parade like I can do from time to time. Um, and so it's really unfortunate that he's get, he's dealing with stuff. And, and God knows that that women and, and minorities deal with so much on Twitter that they they really should not have to deal with. And so I'd already been kind of in this mood of, oh, man, I, I, I need to figure out a more healthy relationship with Twitter. And then this Alex Jones stuff happens and Infowars stuff happens. And if you're not familiar with it, the ultra abridged summary is they they spread propaganda and, and lies and it, it and they're very terrible. And I, I would argue they incite people to to do violent and terrible things. And there is a bit of debate about it, um, which I'm not interested in having. But I will tell you, there's another side to this or another perspective here. But most people I know, even even people who are very conservative and Alex Jones is it positions himself as deeply conservative, although I don't think that's true. Uh, th- most people say that, that no, this is this is either on the verge of hate speak or actively hate speak. So, so you know, Twitter didn't boot Alex Jones and Infowars, which is Alex Jones's uh, media outlet, and and I'm upset about that. And so I've just been trying to figure out like what is a more healthy relationship with Twitter. And the problem I have is that Twitter's where all the action is. And so if I want to promote something like say a car video, for example, I need to do that on Twitter because that's where the action is. That's where the people are. That's where the retweets are. And so I don't think I can ever really and truly divorce myself from Twitter. But the question is, can I establish more healthy habits with Twitter? And we're going to get into in a minute, what are some mechanisms by which one can do that? And maybe there's alternatives that we can seek out. But this is definitely creating... I don't want to use the word crisis, but I can't think of a better word, but like a crisis of conscience for me or, or, or a, a reevaluation for what what can I do to make my relationship with Twitter more healthy? So I've talked for a while. Where what, where are you feeling about things right now? All right. So like what's going on right now is another example of incompetence on Twitter's part, like as believed oh, absolutely. by the community, right? Mm-hmm. And this is just another instance of it. You know, like I know this is a bad one, but this happens all the time, right? Like, and my my kind of feeling on it is like I'm no more likely to leave now than I have been for ages. There is, I'm sure, something that could happen that would be like the final straw, right? But I've stuck around this far, and there's a reason for it, and it's because what big T Twitter the company is doing is not why I use little T Twitter the service. Right, like I still get the same value out of Twitter today that I have ever gotten. 
if not more so. And I will talk about that in a little bit. But so uh, uh, the main reason, I guess, that I'm not doing anything, I'm not going anywhere is because I haven't yet. And, and, and I, I want to stick around for all the same reasons that I've been here for the last 10 years. Like, I understand the idea of voting with your feet, right? And I've seen a bunch of like attempts at coordinated campaigns to deactivate your account. Right, like I've seen, there's been a, quite a bunch of those, or like hashtags or whatever. But I, I just don't believe that any of those would give an amount of people that will have a meaningful impact on changing their decision. Like, yeah. I, I, I just believe right now that there isn't a person who has the ability to gain enough critical mass on a protest like this because people like and use Twitter too much. You know, like I'm seeing a bunch of people, and look, I'm not trying to throw shade at people here, right? Like, I, I get it, who are like, I've left Twitter, but I'm still reading it. Well, it's like, well, you're just not tweeting anymore. And I understand, I understand that, but like, I would expect that there is a very large percentage of Twitter's users that don't tweet. Like, you're not affecting things, I don't believe, in that way. Like, you're, you are still a monthly active user, which is what they care about if you're accessing the service like and look, i understand <laughs> right like if you if if you just don't want to do it because you have a reason like i'm not trying to hate on you but like that's kind of my feeling of why like i think it just sums up why i think that a protest like this won't change anything because people want to be there even when their brain is telling them that they shouldn't be yep, like that's me because of the reasons that they're there in the first place, right? Like to follow news, to see what their friends are up to, to see what the people that they admire are up to, to have conversations with people, to be able to tweet at somebody like Casey Neistat and get a reply, right? Like these are the reasons why Twitter exists and why people use it. And I think that those feelings that people get, either good or bad, are the reason that not enough people would leave, that it would make enough of an impact to make them change any positions, because, and the other problem is, like, if a bunch of people leave and then they change their position, well, then what if a bigger amount of people leave on the other side? Like, that's the problem that they have, which is why I believe that these types of protests, whilst I understand them, fully support them, like, you do your thing, like, go for it. I, I don't think that they will work in this case, but yeah. go for it if, if it means something to you. I agree with you. And, and what you had said about people not tweeting as often, that's one of the things I've been wondering that I sh- maybe I should do not as a screw you Twitter, but as a a way to be to have a more healthy relationship with Twitter. Like I, I feel like I have not had a very high bar f- for the threshold between should I tweet this and should I not. I'm not talking about like controversial mm-hmm. things. I'm just saying, you know, oh, this is something that I think is kind of funny. I'll just tweet it, you know, and and I wonder if maybe I should be more reserved with with just public tweets, you know, conversational tweets where I'm saying, oh, at iMike, you know, oh, haha, that was hilarious. You know, that's one thing that that to me in this context doesn't count. But for things that I'm blasting to all almost 30,000 of my followers, I'm right on the precipice. I know you've been there for like six months, but I'm close. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> but um, but I, 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 I've been thinking that I need to be more deliberate about the things I tweet to everyone. And I wonder if forcing myself to be more deliberate if that will compel me to be more considered and then just create less opportunity for there to be conversation on Twitter. You don't, do you know what I mean? Because if I'm not tweeting to the masses as often, there's going to be less replies coming in and thus I will have less replies to reply to. And maybe just me tweeting less 
again, not to stick it to the man. That is not at all what I'm talking about. Um, what I'm talking about is just a, a way to stick it to myself and, and just do a better job of, of not being on Twitter 24 hours a day, seven days a week. All right. So I want to dig into this a little bit more. Let's take a second break. And yeah. thanks Squarespace for their support of this very program. Uh, Squarespace will allow you to make your next move. And what does that mean? It means they can give you all of the tools that you need for your next project, your next website. They will give you everything you're looking for, the ability to grab a unique domain name, take advantage of customized award-winning templates, and give you all of the functionality that you're going to want to build that website that you have in your brain. Whether it's a blog, a portfolio, a store, a site for your business, a site for your band, a site for a big upcoming event in your life, Squarespace is the all-in-one platform that will let you build any and all of them. There's nothing to install, patch, or upgrade. They have got you covered, and they even back it up with 24-7 customer support. I love Squarespace. I've used them for years. I've used them for a bunch of things, and I will continue to because I find their tools super easy to use, and I can understand them, and that's why I love them. Squarespace plans start at just $12 a month. You can start a trial today with no credit card required. Just go to squarespace.com analog. When you decide to sign up, use the offer code analog, and you'll get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain and show your support for this show. Once again, that is squarespace.com slash analog and the code analog to get 10% off your first purchase. We thank Squarespace for the continued support of this show. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. So we sp- we've spoken about the fact that we're not going to do this, but what about if we thought about it? So have you thought about leaving Twitter? Oh, God, yes, absolutely. I, I don't think like I could. recently. Yes. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. I've, I've both thought about leaving permanently in the sense of pulling like a, a Manton or a Brent Simmons and just saying, you know, I'll be back in some time that is longer than months or doing another uh, a fast like like you basically forced me to do, I don't know, a year or two ago now where I just literally did not look at Twitter for a week. Mm-hmm. Um and I have considered doing both. I am not currently planning on doing either, but I have absolutely thought about it. Yes. What about you? No, not recently. Not leaving. You know, I, I think about what I want to do, you know, if I want to scale things back or whatever, but I have not, I've seen a lot of people that I know considering the way that they want to use the service. Yeah. And my feeling is that I just don't want to, to do that like i'm just not interested in leaving right now steven very eloquently summed this up for me um in a tweet where he said if you're thinking if you think switching social networks can mask the basic fact that a lot of humans are terrible to each other on purpose you're in for a surprise like people can be bad and will be bad no matter where you go like there is a a oft-spoken theory amongst people that i know and i see this a lot that that say that Twitter was nice when it was just nice nerds being nice. And and then once the rest of the world moved in, it got less nice, right? We all remember what that was like, right? Mm-hmm. Twitter five, six years ago, where it was just people talking about MacBooks. And I agree with that point, but I don't believe it can be recreated today. In 2018, the political climate of the world makes is it making everybody more angry and more sad all the time. No matter what side of the debate you're on, everyone is more angry. So I don't imagine that there could be a place now which would feel like this nice, happy place that is a text-based social network. 
because people would still be upset about things and would still be snappy at each other and would still want to fight. Like, I have had people being jerks to me on micro.blog. <laughs> right? And there's sure. barely anybody there, but it's still a thing that exists. Like, I would bet those ex- the same exact feelings will, will move to any other surface, no matter who is signing up. So if that's the case... What benefit do I have for moving somewhere if, like, the people are the same? Like, when I've already established that Twitter is too important to me, it is, I have a large audience there, it is a big part of how I promote things and communicate with people that enjoy or don't enjoy my work, I have a lot of really valuable conversations there, it is a huge driver for content for my shows, either that's how I get my news, or people send us stuff, or uh, the hashtag ask blank thing that me and Jason created that is prevalent across so many of the shows that I do, right, about a way for people to send in questions, because I hate email, right? So tweet feedback is amazing for me because it's maximum 280 characters. It's perfect. It's bite size, And I feel like I really need to be on Twitter, no matter if I want to be or not, because there's a bunch of important stuff there. Now, I can choose how much time I want to spend there, but I don't really have that much of a feeling right now that I want to change how much I'm spending on the service. And yeah, I get that that there are bad people that are, well, I get that there are people that are maybe not doing the right thing right now in their leadership, but that is not affecting what I get out of the service. This is very akin to how there's been a lot of stuff recently where like, person X has been revealed to be a bad person, should or should that not ruin the movie or TV Mm, show mm -hmm. that they have been a part of? And in most instances, I understand why, because I do as well. Like there are movies and TV shows where I see people and I'm like, oh man, I don't like that person. But I don't think that it means you should never be able to watch it again. Because if you enjoy that thing, letting that person take that away from you is almost more injustice, right? Like, you are giving that person the power to not only have been a bad person, but to then also deprive you of the thing you enjoy, right? Yeah. And 100%. I know this is this is difficult. I, I really understand the difficulty of this. And I'm not saying, like, if you watch that and that person makes you feel uncomfortable now that you should fight through it, but, like, if you're, like, having some kind of, like, debate with yourselves, like, oh, can I watch this thing or not? I don't know. I think that you shouldn't necessarily just make that decision just because that person's bad. But anyway, it's a similar thing for me with Twitter, right? Where it's like, I don't agree with what Jack Dorsey's doing. I think he's being an idiot and he's not paying attention and he should be doing better with his service that he runs, kind of. (laughs) But just because he's doing that doesn't take away all of the value that I get. And that's why I don't have any feeling about leaving. Yeah, I I mostly agree with pretty much everything you just said. I slightly agree with Stephen's tweet. I, I think that yeah, to quote um, to quote Doctor Cox from Scrubs, you know, people are bastard coated bastards with bastard filling, and you're never going to get away with uh, get away from that. Uh, I personally have not seen a whole lot of angst on Micro.blog. I've seen a no, smidge. there isn't. I'm I'm not saying that it is there. But my feeling is I've seen some of it and if everybody moved there, it would get that way. Yeah. Because 
all it takes is one bad political thing to, to occur. And everyone will be talking about that again if they move from Twitter to micro.blog. Sure. Like, there isn't something inherent in a platform which is basically the same to, stop, to, to change people's overall emotion. Uh, right? Like, yeah. Instagram is happy because people like to take pictures of things that they like and share that with people, right? But when people are able to say the thing they want to say... They are going to say whatever it is, good or bad, whether they're happy or sad, angry or not angry. So I just think that like you can do a lot to make these places better. Like you can, I'm sure, have some measurements to reduce harassment, but that's not all it is. Sometimes it's like you consuming the tweets of the people that you enjoy and they're upset, which makes you upset. Like that's kind of what I mean, right? Like people, people's. Stephen's thing about people being bad is one point, but then the point that I build on that is that the the general rhetoric of people is not going to change from one microblogging service to another. I mostly agree with you, but the the difference with microblog is twofold. And I'm not sure if it will, in the end, appreciably change anything you've said. So it may end up that you are 100% right. But the reason I'm clinging to micro.blog to some degree is that there are two things that make it very different from Twitter. Number one, uh, Manton and and the staff at microblog, which is what Manton and... Um, G. McDonald. And G. McDonald, thank you. Um, the two of them have made it pretty clear that they're taking harassment and that sort of thing very seriously. Now, to be fair, there are some things like blocks that are technically very difficult to do on microblog. Um, Which is and, madness. Well, it's because of the way it's architected, and it's not worth getting into. Right, but, but No, 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 no. I want to I mention that again. I love Manton, and I love Gene, and I think that what they're building is very interesting. But if the architecture makes it difficult to block someone, how is that a better place for me to be? Uh, well, it's see, it, it, if everyone moves, right? This is what I'm saying, right? Like, if everyone moves and bad, bad people go there too, what am I supposed to do? Yeah, and I think that's because uh, I, I agree. I'm with sure you. they can build some tools, and I genuinely hope that they are building some tools but like my point is like right now why would i go somewhere else like sure so if i move today so i move to twitter today from twitter to micro.blog today like i just get up and like take everything with me i will have an incredibly hard job of rebuilding an audience again because the lot of extremely large percentage of the people that follow me will not move or have not moved, right? So that's one thing. So I lose a lot of the business benefit, right? So now I'm into just like the personal stuff that I share on Twitter, the conversations that I have. But what if all my friends aren't there? So then who am I talking to, right? So that's another part of it. Like, and then at the same time, if someone's being a jerk to me, I have to wait for moderation. And and I understand that they moderate, right? But if the service keeps getting bigger, how does... The moderation move with that. Like what I'm saying is like micro.blog is super cool and I'm not trying to bag on them because they're still in a building phase and I I I am interested in what they're doing. I'm a big supporter of them. Like I really recommend that people go and try it out and find if it's the right place for them. I'm just talking for like my specific personal circumstances at 
the the kind of where I am in my life and where I am with social media, there is not a great incentive for me to deactivate my Twitter account and move it to micro.blog or any or Mastodon. We're focused on a micro.blog, but like don't even get me started on the monster that is Mastodon. I have no idea what is going on over there. Like I went there to just claim my username just because of whatever and it's like, oh great, you're on this instance. What does that mean? Like yeah. thanks, mm-hmm. I guess. Yep. Right? Like that is an absolute mess. I mean uh, Come at me, Mastodon lovers. Like whatever, I'm, I'm not interested. Like I only, f- I'm focusing on Micro.blog because it is the most likely contender, right, for for a place that I would want to go. Um, but I just, it's not at the point right now where I would, and and I don't think that the user base is going to be going to be there for me to get the business benefit that I want ultimately. Yeah, but to go back a step, like the reason I think Micro.blog might be different, it might be a better place, is is like I said, it's twofold. Number one. There, whether or not the tools are there, I know the motivation is there from Ant and Gene to treat the 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 health of the community and treat that uh, as primary to the community. You know, it's primary to the product that that they don't want it to be a, a nasty place. Now, to be fair, you're exactly right. Two people against you know thousands or tens or hundreds of thousands of people, it, it will not work. So they they'll they have their work cut out for them. But but the intention is there, which is more than you can say for Twitter. The other thing that's interesting about micro.blog, which is different than Mastodon, and I agree with you, by the way, about Mastodon, is that there is a barrier to entry. It is either technical or financial. And that is not true of Twitter. Because on Twitter, you can go to the website, you can sign up, pay $0, and start throwing stuff into the void. Whereas with microblog, you can do it without paying any money, but that requires some medium to large size technical hurdles that you need to jump over to do it. Alternatively, the much easier approach is to pay, I think it's $5 a month. Uh, and to be clear, I you know Manton comped me a membership for life uh, because I he's a friend. I kickstart the campaign. Uh, okay. So, um, so I, I am comped and, and Manton's a friend. So I am deeply biased in every measurable way. And I, and I just want to make that plain. Um, but but the alternative is you pay, I think it's $5 a month or maybe like 60 bucks a year. I forget the exact numbers. You'd have to look them up for yourself. But it's my point is you would have to pay money in order to get the like easy peasy way of microblog, of micro.blog, you know, where you just go to the website, you tweet or post, uh, not unlike the way Twitter works. But because it costs money and or time and energy, I would argue it is less likely to be full of evil people that just spend their time trolling you know, anyone they can find. I'm not saying it won't happen by any means. And certainly trolls have nothing if not time. But I would argue that it would be less likely to happen on micro.blog than it would be on Twitter. Does that make sense? I believe... No, I agree with you. I mean, kind of. I think I kind of got lost down a rabbit hole. Like, My point is right now, it is probably a really nice place to be. Although I will say I have had some people being jerks to me there, um, but you know, it's whatever. Uh, right now it is better. My point is, if we were all to get up and move, right? We're assuming Twitter closes down or everybody decides on mass that they're going to move. It is not the service for that right now, in my opinion. I don't think anything yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. A micro dot blog could become it, but they're still building it. Right, so that's like when when the question is asked of me of like, would you consider leaving Twitter and going to Micro.blog? Right now, no, because I I don't think that it's in the position that it would need to be. Like, 
if and when Twitter goes away, it is the only candidate in my mind, right? So I would maybe sign up, well, I'd maybe like log in more often or whatever and check it out more. And I have downloaded some third-party clients or whatever, like I want to poke around a little bit more with it. But I can tell you, like, if that was the case, if Twitter went away and then I moved to micro.blog, my usage of the, any other service, including that one, would not mirror how I use Twitter today. Yeah. I would find other means for a lot of stuff. Yeah, we're of the same brain. It's just, it's tough because I... I, I do want to say, like, I feel bad. Please go and check out micro.blog, like... A lot of the like a lot of the concerns that I have about it right now probably don't affect the vast majority of people. So like, just go and check it out because like it is pretty interesting. They're doing some cool stuff and it's managed by really really nice people. But they've got they've got they've got a road to go and they know it. But they've got a road to go. Yeah, and I think also it's worth noting that that you and I have in several different ways an atypical relationship with Twitter. Insofar yes. as it is important for our businesses or our business activities to to be able to to kind of spray a message to as many people as possible. You know, oh, there's a new episode mm-hmm. of Analog. We need people to listen to it. Or I have posted a new Casey on Cars. I really need people to watch it. And I'm not saying that there that we are the only people that have that relationship with Twitter. Not by not by any stretch of the imagination. But take somebody like Aaron, for example. She isn't looking to self-promote in the same way that you or I am. And so her relationship with Twitter is very different because it is far less compulsory, I guess is a word for it. You know, she doesn't really need Twitter to self-promote things because she has nothing to self-promote. Whereas you and I, I would argue whether whether or not we tweet and use Twitter on a personal level, and this is what you've kind of been saying this whole episode, whether or not we would do it on a personal level we're kind of compelled to to do it on a business level to talk about new videos, to talk about new podcasts, et cetera, because that's where the people are. And this is what you've been saying this whole episode. You know, that's where the people are and that's not going to change. Again, I'm taking words out of your mouth, but I, I, I think because of that, I feel to some degree handcuffed by Twitter in that, just like you said, Mike, I can never really leave because I need that audience, which sounds so terrible when it comes no, out of my mouth. No, it's not. But... It's how we put food on our table. Yeah. Then that, like, but, it's yeah. not terrible. Like, without it, like, how do people know that I launch a new project, right? Like, right. there are many avenues, but that is an incredibly important one for me. It is part of how I market the work that I do. Like, as well as tweet about dumb stuff and reply to people and, like, send emoji, but it is also a way that I communicate my work. And a large portion of people will follow us for that communication they want to know so that's where they get it it's like signing up to an email newsletter right like right there are people that want to know and if they don't like it it's really easy they just unfollow right so you would naturally assume that the people that are following you right now are comfortable with the amount of self-promotion that you are doing yeah yeah and so because of that what 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 mike and i are saying about twitter May or may not be applicable to you. I would assume a lot of it is, but, bec- but you know, probably not all of it. But probably not all of it, exactly. But everyone that's on it has a reason. Right? Yeah, you have yeah, a yeah. reason that you're on the service, and these are just our reasons. And it's like, well, are your reasons good enough? Like, so for example, for a lot of people, including myself, if I move to another service, I'm not going to see the tweets from the people that I admire. Yeah, like, yeah, and the, and like, I'm not going to get the tweets from the people that tell me like. 
I'm not going to see MKBHD tell me he's uploading a video. Like, I'm not going to see him hyping his next month of videos. Like, that's one of the reasons that I log into the service every day to get stuff like that. And if it's not there, then what? Like, then what? What do I do then? Like, that's the reason I use this service and then it's gone away. Like, that's the problem. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. It's just tough. And I think I am glad that you and I and so many other people are having these thoughts slash questions. Like, I do think whether or not I actively make a change with the way I interact with Twitter, I mm-hmm. do think it's I... It's important. To, 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 to self-evaluate. To yeah, exactly. it's important to like look at it and think like, what do I want to be putting into this service? Like, how much time do I want to be spending with it? Exactly. And even if you change nothing, like taking stock of your feelings is important. Yep, I, I couldn't agree more. Hello, remember, only tweet at me. Please don't email me. Like, <laughs> I I appreciate a lot of people are going to have a lot of complex thoughts on this. Yeah, use Twitter for that. Yes, right? please. Like, or, my, or microblog, but not not email, please. Yeah, okay. All right. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at Linode. Linode is amazing for when you're thinking about getting your first server up and running, or even if you're thinking about deploying a complex system. They are the right choice no matter what your needs, because because Linode offer the fastest hardware and network options with fantastic customer support behind everything. It has never been easier to launch a cloud server than it is with Linode right now. They offer 99.9% uptime for availability. Once your server is up, they will keep it that way. They also offer additional storage too. Block storage is now to beta and is available in a bunch of their data centers. Linode is amazing for tasks like hosting large databases, operating a VPN, running Docker containers, which I, I heard mentioned the other day on Presentable. I now have an idea of what a Docker container is because Jeff <laughs> was talking about it. Um, he, I think he said something about like he was running a Minecraft server on one, but anyway, um, I might be wrong, but who knows? This is really good stuff, and if you know what it is, this is important to you. So, Linode has amazing pricing options available as well. Their plans start at one gigabyte of RAM for only $5 a month, and they offer high memory plans as well. They offer 16 gigabyte of RAM plans and, and more. As a listener of this show, they want to give you your needs, right? They want to scale up to what you require. If you sign up at linode.com slash analog right now, you'll be supporting this show, but also getting $20 towards any Linode plan. On the one gigabyte of RAM plan, that is four free months of service. And with a seven-day money-back guarantee, there is nothing to lose. So go to linode.com, L-I-N-O-D-E.com slash analog, and you can learn more, sign up, and take advantage of that $20 credit or use the promo code analog2018 at checkout. Our thanks to Linode for their support of this show and Relay FM. I need to feel better about life. So can we do some Relay Your Feels? Yes, we most certainly can. And our first one comes from Tony. And Tony wants to know, what is your current go-to adult beverage? I think we could answer for each other and play the newlywed game on this one. That being said, I I will answer for myself. Uh, My go-to adult beverage is Tito's Vodka, T-I-T-O, on the rocks. And if I'm feeling particularly fancy, then I will perhaps put a uh, twist or a slice of lemon in there. But generally, I don't. The only exception to this on a normal basis is if I'm out... Uh, I will occasionally ask for a uh, vodka martini, preferably with Tito's, 
very dry, straight up with a twist of lemon. And that is my I'm feeling fancy and I'm out drink. Uh, but that is very, very rare and usually only happens a few times a year. And what that martini basically amounts to is vodka with vermouth waved somewhere near the shaker. So <laughs> it's not that different than what I drink, generally speaking, anyway. Um, but yeah, Tito's is... I, I am of the opinion that vodkas have taste. I think that Tito's tastes good. And given how it, 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 given how tasty it is, it, it should cost way, way, way more money than it does. It is not cheap, but it is it's way cheaper. It's because of a bottle. They can charge less money because the bottle's so bad. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what it is. Um, but whatever the case may be, it is not terribly expensive. Um, and so it's a great value for, for dollar. And when we were in Austin, I looked up, could I go to the Tito's distillery? And apparently they do not do tours. And I was very sad about uh, that. Anyway. Swim around inside of a big vat. Yeah. I, oh, man, I could drink my way out, Homer Simpson style. Uh, anyway, oh Mike, tell me about your favorite drinks these days. I'm going to take it and turn it, my friend. You're not going to say an old-fashioned? espresso from my new espresso machine that's not an adult beverage i guess it of course kind it is. Of is only adults should drink espresso <sighs> fine 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 All right, yeah i yeah, gotcha we got a sage barista express which is a really cool machine um and we're very happy with it it's it's very nice i like it and i like making coffee with it uh so yeah but that's not what people were looking for, right? That's not the answer. That's that is not the answer that is being asked for by Tony. So I will say, I find myself like my relationship to alcohol is so interesting <laughs> because I don't really drink alcohol that much, like if ever, really, honestly. Like it's. I very rarely drink it at home. I never buy it. Like, we have some at home. I'll only ever drink, like, a beer if we have beer in the house because we were entertaining people and it didn't get consumed in in its entirety. And I don't really do this for any, like, specific reason. Like, alcohol on the next day, that never makes me feel that great. No matter, Like, if I have one beer, I know I'm going to feel it the next day. And it's not a hangover. I just don't feel the same. And I don't like the way that I feel the next day right so it typically is like I, w- I will only ever really drink when i'm out somewhere right like i'm out at a nice restaurant or something or like i'm going to a bar and these days what i will do is find a cocktail which has bourbon in it ideally is like my typical and then just go with what they have um and if they don't have any bourbon cocktails that particularly uh catch my eye I will look at the other ingredients and some of their other signature cocktails at the place. And then typically I will find myself ordering a mint julep these days. Oh, interesting. Um, Yeah, it just gets easier to drink, right, than an old-fashioned is. Um, But if I'm at a particularly nice establishment, especially one that puts old-fashions on their signature menu, right, then then I I might go for it. Because everywhere will make you one, but they're not always very good, right? So... Mint juleps are pretty good, though, right? It's just like bourbon and mint and uh, some sugar syrup and a bunch of ice. So I like those. Yep. So there you go. Dave wants to know, if you weren't doing what you're doing right now, what do you think you'd be doing for work? Hmm. I think probably uh, what you were doing. Yeah, right? I would say the easiest answer for me is probably, you know, going back to writing code for the man. But the spirit of what Dave is asking, especially since Gosh only knows when this was written, um, I'm not sure. I do... 
I don't know if I have the patience for it, but I do enjoy the act of teaching. Like I was doing a lot of that at my jobby job before I left was like, well, I guess I was more mentoring than teaching strictly speaking. But, um, but I do think that would be interesting and kind of fun. Like I could see being like a computer science professor at like a little community college or something like that, or, or perhaps like a high school teacher, but I've seen enough of the BS that Aaron dealt with that I probably would survive maybe a semester at most. So I'm not really sure, but, um, I don't know. All of, all of the things that I feel like I've been uniquely good at have involved the computer. I, unless, except podcasting i guess i mean if you would classify this as not being directly involved with the computer um but like even the video stuff which i'm not sure i'm terribly good at but i'm getting there uh that's you know a lot of computer related work doing all the editing and whatnot so i would guess i would either be writing code for the man if you'll allow that to be my answer or maybe teaching what about you mike i think i would be in advertising somewhere i think i will have moved to an advertising agency i don't think i could have stayed client side forever so I probably would be doing something in an advertising agency. Um, I think I would be good at it, honestly. Like, on the creative side of things. Like, I, I think I'm pretty good at that kind of stuff. And and I think that I would have found a level of enjoyment in my life, like a, a, a contentness in my life doing that kind of work, if I was at the right place. Because advertising is a could be a messy business but like if i was in the right agency doing doing something on the creative end of things um i think i could have found some happiness in that honestly yeah maybe that's where i end up one day who knows what the future holds (laughs) uh mark wants to know um what side of the bed do you sleep on and how was that determined and is it weird if you have to switch for some reason i we so i don't know how we determined it at the house but here at home, uh, if you're looking at the bed, so the the head of the uh, you're at the foot of the bed and you're looking at the bed. Um, Aaron is on the right hand side and I'm on the left hand side. And I don't really know how that got chosen. It's just the way it's always been for a decade now since we've been in this house. However, the rule that I established and then eventually told Aaron about uh, was anytime we travel, I will always be the one closest to the external door so mm-hmm. um so you know Why? if we're in a hotel room or whatever i'm the one closest to the door so if god forbid something crazy happens and somebody enters the room i will be the first person that they come in contact with not her now to be okay. clear to be clear i am not a particularly strong man and i have no particular training in any sort of <laughs> self-defense but at least there is some amount of barrier between an intruder and aaron and yes i recognize how bananas that sounds but that's why we've always decided it and so i will i will be the one closest to the external door if at all possible what about you Okay, as I figured it was something like if there was a fire, you would be first out, right? Like, no, 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 no. Save Casey first. No, I'm not that selfish. Close, but not that bad. All right, so if you're standing on the bed, looking at the bed, or at the foot of the bed, looking at the bed, the headboard is in front of you. I sleep on the right side. Now, prior to meeting Mrs. Hurley, <laughs> I slept on the left side. Um, this was moved... Because when we moved into my mum's house, the windows were on the right side of the bed. Adina does not like to sleep next to windows. I think we've spoken about the draft before, right? 
maybe. The, if so, it was a long is a time thing ago. that exists in uh, many cultures about the idea of draft, like a draft from a window can affect uh, things in your body and it can be negative for you for health reasons. Adina is not as uh, extreme about this as it can be, right? <laughs> like you can be in some places in Eastern Europe, including Romania, like super hot on a bus, open a window and people are like super mad at you because they're worried they're going to die. Really? Um, this, is just, this is just a cultural difference, right? Um, but Adina tells me, and, and I will believe her, uh, that if she sleeps next to colder environments, it can cause her pains in her neck and whatever. Interesting. So uh, it moved that I would be sleeping next to the window in our home now. It is the same. The, the bed is on the right. But whenever we go anywhere, it will be moved, swip swapped around, that I will have to sleep wherever is next to the window, which I find very <laughs> frustrating that not only did I get moved, I am now like I will just be moved wherever, but. This is the compromise of marriage, right? Indeed. Like, uh, she, this is something that she feels very strongly about. So, uh, I I do it. I will. I will do whatever she needs. Yeah. And that's that's because you're a good husband. I guess. I guess maybe I am. Let's hope so. I guess maybe I am. All right. So I think we're good. Uh, thank you one more time to everyone who has become in the past and, and or is now becoming Hintint, a member of Relay or especially Analog Hintint. I uh, really all kidding aside, as much as I'm shilling right now, it does it does mean a whole lot to both Mike and myself. So even if you're considering it, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. And Mike, I will talk to you in a couple of weeks. Bye bye.